Hey guys, guess who's back? That's right. That's the negotiation. It's time to get back to negotiation. It's time to get back to yelling and screaming and throwing staplers, baseballs across the room, because that's what the players and owners are going to be doing tomorrow, or aka Tuesday, if you're listening to it on Tuesday, because they are meeting again at MLB headquarters. And this is going to be interesting development to see because the decision day I'm in my head is going to be February 9th. So there's still a lot to be decided in the next couple of days. And we'll talk about this and more on this edition of the Locked on Astros podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked on Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric, the man Heisman and Brett H-Town wheelhouse Chansey. Welcome to Locked On Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric the Man Heisman and Brett H-Town Wheelhouse Chansey. We are Locked On Houston Astros and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric Talk Astros. Find the show at Locked On Astros, your team every day. And thank you for making the Locked on Astros podcast your first listen on the way to work, on the way home from work, uh, at work. Uh, you can go and watch us on YouTube. Just go and make sure you've already subscribed to us. Go and give us a big fat like and go ahead and listen to us on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you listen to the Locked on Astros podcast. But uh, we got a lot to talk about, but it was um, on yesterday's podcast, We, uh, Brett and I were talking about, well, when do you think they're going to meet together? Because the decision day is coming up and that day is going to be uh, tomorrow. And so play according to Bob Nightingale, the next round of negotiations between MLB and the MLB Players Association is Tuesday, exactly a week since they last met on the economic issues. And uh, this was uh, also, I, I believe, uh, Evan Drellick and a couple other people have confirmed this. And uh, they're going to be talking about the uh, CBA and how if they're going to be able to come together and kind of find a halfway ground. But ladies and gentlemen, the problem is there's no halfway ground here. The, the players want one thing and the owners want another thing. And they're just so far apart. I just don't know if they're going to even come close to your arrangement. And so uh, Scott Boris, of all people, uh, is kind of um, speaking out on it. And he said that history has told a story that the players now understand. And the history is that from what you negotiate from is appreciation of the franchise's value and revenue increases. From the player's perspective, it's about how successful the game is from the two's perspective. Uh, perspectives and they want fairness players want fairness in the success of the game and the problem is uh scott boris is yes you have them has you have the astros you have the dodgers you have the teams that are consistently drawing fans out there but then you have the teams like the pirates and stuff who are not really getting the same type of revenue out there and so uh yes um you're you're having that where the teams are getting a lot of money but then you have the teams that are not getting a lot of fans go to games and 
You have teams like the A's who've had great teams over the years, but you can't get people to go to the stadiums. So uh, yeah, it's, it's just something, but definitely something that they have to look at. And uh, the owners have all always kind of uh, pushed back on kind of giving the players equal um, par- portion of the salaries. They've always kind of just said, no, we're going to go ahead and just give you uh, this amount. And um, if you look at the luxury tax threshold, it's kind of have it's been stagnant pretty much at 210 million for a while. Um, so but the salaries have gone up. And so it's just something that, I mean, I know it was set in the CBA, but there's no, there's no escalating cause where, okay, well, after this many years, I think um, it should go ahead and go up. But the players and even the owners this time around, they're like, okay, well, we do recognize the salaries are going up. So this is something that we do need to address. But the the different it, difference is, is the players want this much, um, the, luxury tax threshold go up this much and the owners just want this much. That's the problem. There's this much of a difference. And uh, I just don't know if they're able to go ahead and uh, be able to come up with that difference. So guys, go, if you're watching live, go and uh, offer your thoughts on this. And what I'm going to do with this episode is I'm going to go and give you all some thoughts from Evan Drellick and kind of offer my thoughts as well about why the two sides are, not even close to coming up with an agreement as of right now on uh, January 31st. If you're listening to this on February 1st, happy February. And so, but uh, there's just several different things that, and we're not even talking about the safety side of baseball, not even talking about COVID and all that stuff. Um, I think that there's so many other issues because I think the COVID issue is a temporary thing that may be around for maybe 2022 uh, but uh, I think with the CBA, you're talking about for the next five years or so. And um, yeah, Arginia said that uh, a lot of the players are going through rehab. Are they being affected by this? Yes and no. I think that players like Lance McCullers, they're able to kind of hire their own uh, physical trainers, their own people to kind of work with them. So I see where you're going with that. But Yes, they would love to go work at Minmade Park. Um, Lance McCullers would go love to take the field at Minmade Park. But at the same time, I'm sure there's facilities here that they can go use. I'm sure they can go to like uh, U of H field. I'm sure that there's a field around here that they can go use. And um, some of them even have, like I'm sure McCullers probably has a field in his backyard he can go pitch at. So these guys have other options. So Yes, they would love to go pitch at Min Maid Park, but right now they're locked out. They're literally locked out of going to Min Maid Park. They cannot do that. So uh, there are there's several different issues, and I'm going to kind of give you all a detailed rundown on this. And whatever happens on Tuesday, it's not going to be the be-all, end-all, unless they just all, all of a sudden just um, maybe have a lot of drinks and just like, oh, yeah, let's agree. Let's sign some paperwork. But I don't think you're going to see agreement done tomorrow. I think you're going to see some more concessions. I think that the owners have met with their guys, their peoples. And then you saw the players meet with their peoples. And both sides are like, okay, well, uh, these guys aren't budging. So what can we budge on? We want a season. And the owners are like, look, we can afford to lose a few games here. We're good. The players are like, yeah, we can't really afford this. 
And so a lot, what a lot of people don't understand is yes, you have the Justin Verlanders of the world making 25 million, but you have to understand that 63.2% in 2019, uh, percent of the players were making league minimum. So it's about 571 of players in baseball in the 2019. This is according to Travic, Travis uh, Salchik, um, according uh, to an article uh, Evan Drellick wrote, that that many people have, were making league minimum at that time. So this is a big portion of the players who will not be able to uh, just sit on their money like Justin Verlander is or Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman. So that's why the players are taking this seriously. And so um, that's that's one of the issues we'll talk about in a second. There's several different issues that the players and the owners just can't see eye to eye. And I'm not sure if they will. But you know what they could both see an eye, eye to eye on? Maybe a Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Maybe even better than candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your res resolution. Like a lot of y'all probably joined a gym and have you actually gone to a gym? Well, um, if your resolution is losing weight, maybe you can have a Built Bar because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it tastes so boring. But by like week three, you might be thinking... This is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? But Built Bar is covered with 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. So here's the idea for a new year. Uh, go to all your secret treat stashes at home in the pantry, and in the office, in your car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or, or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you'll reach for the something that's healthy and tastes incredible. And then there's some flavors you can choose from, like coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint cream, and so many more. Built Bar is always coming up with new limited time flavors. So check out Built.com often to see what's up. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And you know what? In order to get some Built Bars, it would help that if you have a job and having a job, you, most of the time you need a vehicle. So go to RockAuto.com. And with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's almost impossible to go to a local chain and auto parts store to get the parts you need. So save time and money when using rockauto.com. Uh, why spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts at the chain store or at the car dealership? Like, uh, I just went to uh, get my oil change. I'm sure if I knew how to get oil change, I can go get a filter. I mean, I can order a filter. Then I could go out in my garage and just change it myself. But um, but I'm sure you could get it cheaper and, and do it. And I think it's part of doing it yourself, being a do-yourself uh, type of guy. So Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Uh, rock out of prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and every and even new carpet. Uh, go explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution to all your auto parts needs.
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you'll ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, so we got some questions here. So um, uh, we're going to finally have a season with Verlander and McCullers. This will be the first one since 2018. Uh, yeah, that's that's a positive outlook. Um, so that's something good to see. Uh, Mr. Krona says that, going to be honest, thanks to the CBA negotiations, the interest in Korea seems to have dwindled. Um, I don't think so. I think it's hiding right now. I think it's hiding underneath the rock because honestly, nobody can do anything. So why put all the interest out there? Hey, yeah. Uh, I think the blue Jays are interested in Korea. I know they're not, but I, what I think the Braves are interested in Korea. I think the Cubs are interested in Korea. It doesn't matter. There's no, there's no rumors out there for a reason. Nobody can talk to these players. So that's, that's the reason why there's no rumors out there, but I guarantee you there's still a lot of interest out there. And a lot of it has to do with what we're about to talk about in a second. So uh, both parties are concerned after losses uh, are caused by shortened 2020 season. Yeah, we both, uh, Brett and I both said this after the shortened season. Yeah, the owners took a big hit with uh, then last year, 2021, you had a shortened season. And so it just was basically a lot of stuff happened. A lot of um, you didn't have fans last year until the end of the year. And so it was just a bad overall financial hit for the owners. So the owners are still being hurt hard. And no, they're not trying to make it up right now, but they're just trying to be fair for themselves in their eyes. And the players are just trying to be fair to themselves. They both have this non-negotiables and they're like, yeah, we're not going to go here. We're not going to go here. And so that's the problem. Both sides don't want to budge. So uh, what what do I think the owners and players are bargain for in tomorrow's talks? Okay, so let's talk about what's on the table. So good question, Mr. Corona. What do I think the owners and players would bargain for in tomorrow's talk? So let's talk about what's on the table. Okay, so the minimum salary is the big is one of the big issues. So the minimum salary, it right now, um, the players propose raising it from five hundred and seventy thousand to seven hundred and seventy-five thousand. The owners propose raising it from um, five hundred seventy thousand to six hundred fifteen thousand in the first year. 650,000 in their second and uh, 700,000 in their third year. And they'll increase uh, 44,000 about uh, for first year players would be the largest they've ever received. And basically, um, so basically the, the players uh, want them to go from here to here and the owners want them to, sorry, the players want them to go from here to here. The owners want them to go from here to here, to here. And so it baby steps. So it's, it's just like, um, basically there's just a big disconnect there. And, uh, it just seems like, uh, a lot of people also, the union also view, views like you, most of the time with those young players, you can reward them. Like if Carlos Cray had a great year, you can have, um, you can have, well, yeah, I, I know Thomas says that it sounds like they're being reasonable, but the problem is, is that uh, the owners are also 
proposing that they um, they can actually keep them at a certain amount so they can have a ceiling. So yeah, that that number is a actual ceiling. So you can't go higher than a certain amount until they reach their arbitration. So that's another thing that the uh, players are looking at. And the union uh, views the cap figures coupled with increases as an example of the league giving players something with one hand and taking something else away with the other. So basically they're saying, yes, you're raising the money, but at the same time, you're not um, in the past, you're, you've been able to give them a reward. A reward. So if Carlos Correa got rookie year, you can go ahead and give them a little bit more money because uh, the, the team was able to basically reward that player. But this time it's you're basically capping them based on how much service time they have. That's how much money they can make. So that's the difference. Uh, so that's what's kind of going on with here. So that's one thing that's up there. Then you have the arbitration and the pre-arbitration bonus. So uh, this is uh, now we're out of the kind of the we're, we're still in the kind of the pre-arbitration years. So the players want um, $105 million, um, which was uh, basically the amount of money that would be available to to pay these uh, these younger players and the owners are only offering 10 million. So there's a big difference there. So um, here's a $10 million pool that you can pay these younger players while the player, the players want only a hundred, they want, they're asking for $105 million. So that's a lot of a um, big difference there. The amount of money should be negotiated negotiable contingent on other elements uh, concerning like basically um, if they're a um, super twos um, are maybe the super two players, they're eligible for arbitration after year two. So they, they wouldn't get qualified for that, but anybody who's not super two eligible, they will get part of that money. So um, it, of course, if you have that $105 million um, le revenue sharing, so to speak, then that, that would give the players a little bit more money. So um, also they've talked about rewarding players. Um, like if you win the rookie of the year, you get a little bit more money. Um, but if you, some stuff like that. So there's that type of things that they're arguing about. Uh, the luxury tax is the next big thing. So the uh, while the luxury tax has kind of um, sat at 210 the owners, uh, the players would like it to go from 210 to 245. And by 2026, they want it to be at 273 million. So you might be saying, well, that's a nice incremental jump. But by the owners, the owners are like, whoa, that's a lot of money. You, you're saying that in what, uh, three, four years, you want us to increase our luxury tax spending by 60 million? And other and the pirates are going like, okay, so the Dodgers are already spending this much, the Mets are already spending this much, and now you're gonna allow them to spend that much more. So it's just like um crazy um to think about that. So and the the previous largest jump in threshold has been uh eleven point five million from uh, 2013 to uh, 2014. So the owners would like for it to be something more like this. They would like for it to, for this year, they would like it to be from 4 million to 214 million in year one, and then topping out at 220 after the at the end of the year five-year deal. 
So basically the owners are saying, yeah, 273 million. I, that ain't happening. We're going to stop at 220 million. That is a big number guys. That's $53 million difference for each team, not just one team. I mean, not just for all the teams that's for each team. So, um, it just basically kind of just, it just shows. And then you have the pirates. What about the pirates? The pirates are out there not spending any money. Are there, is there going to be a salary floor? Is it fair to make teams spend a certain amount of money or you're going to tax them? The, they, the league has never cared about that. They've only been caring about the, the owners up there, the ones who are overspending versus the kids, the, the teams are underspending. So that's something that they have to decide. So there's a big disparity in baseball, but at the same time, if you look at sports, um, how many different World Series champions have there been over the past few years? I mean, there's been a whole bunch of different people. So there is a whole bunch of um, uh, just a lot of different player teams getting in because of the the there's not really a salary cap. There's a salary cap in terms of if you don't want to pay the luxury tax, you don't go over it, but you can spend whatever you want. So um, I think, yeah, like uh, Thomas says, there should be a minimum cap. Uh, there should be a minimum cap. If I'm a Pirates fan and I, I know us Astros fans, we went through the process and we went through those years where we lost 100 games or so. And we're like, OK, bring up George Springer, bring up George Springer. I don't care about the Super 2. Just bring up George Springer. When are you going to bring up, um, I forgot who else. Uh, I think at the time it was Carlos Correa, but uh, there's a whole bunch of names that we want to bring up, but we're waiting for the, through the process. And we're all like, I, let's go ahead and increase the um, spending. But at the same time, can you really force a team to spend? And so that's what the teams are not liking. Of course, the players want that. Why? Because that will increase, like there's, there's going to be, by the time this is all settled, spring training starts, there's going to be some free agents that don't have jobs. Now, if the Pirates and uh, any other of the low-spending teams are forced to spend some more money, guess what? Those free agents are going to be, are, are be able to have some jobs. Something else, is that some, something else that's been kind of thrown around is the draft lottery. I know that's something they do in the NBA, and so... This is something that would uh, they would like to kind of look at in baseball. Um, I know that we have the based on your record in uh, baseball, and then you have the teams that tank for the number one pick. And so then you have the first round pick, your first pick in each round. So you have the teams that tank like the Astros did for a couple of years to get that number one pick. Thank you, Carlos Correa. Um, Mark Appel, not really so much, but thank you anyway. And then Brady Aiken, well, not really, but thank you for giving us Alex Bregman the next year, but you get the idea. So there are some, uh, draft issues and they're also talking about maybe if, uh, you bring up a player early and they go ahead and win the rookie of the year, then maybe you get a draft pick the next year. Then also if you have a non big market team make the playoffs then you maybe get a pick the next year there's just so many different scenarios and it's just hard to figure out which side's going to win and which side's going to fold it's hard to bet on it and speaking of betting uh let's talk about 
betonline.net. There must be there might be less football being played. I mean, in fact, there's only one game left on the schedule and it's coming up in 2 weeks, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for the playoff season from scores, totals, play performance props to where to, where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. When is the season going to start? I'm sure there's odds on that. Where's Carlos Correa going to sign? Who knows, but uh, he can't sign right now. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net is basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, baseball once it starts. Odd coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino game, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager all your favorite sports and uh, play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. Alrighty, uh, so let's see what you are saying about this. I was kind of reading a lot, so I'm going to take a little break. Um, so... Uh, how uh, Joshua says, how do you think uh, Verlander will uh, be the same coming off Tommy John and being older? Well, I think what's going to happen, and I don't know this for a fact, but I think you may see the Astros go with the six man rotation this year. Hence my discussion yesterday with Brett uh, that uh, that went back and forth and kept on going on and on forever. Jake Odorizzi is going to be very important this year because I think that we're going to see a six man rotation this year. A, you have Lance McCumber, Lance McCullers coming off an injury. You have uh, you have uh, Verlander coming off his first Tommy John. You have Christian Javier who hasn't uh, pitched in a rotation full time for a while. You have Jose Kitty who hasn't really pitched a full full season uh, in a while. Then Framer Valdez. Um, I mean, he pitched last year. He he was pretty reliable. Uh, and then you have Luis Garcia pitching his third season. So I think you may see a a six man rotation, but I think, I don't know what Justin, I know that scouts said that he looked great, but we won't know until spring training. We won't know until we start seeing him uh, in front of the pitching coaches at, um, at uh, the ballpark at um, West Palm beach. So we'll have to see how he looks honestly, because I know the scouts said that he looks great, but uh, we'll have to see. But the Astros had to see enough to throw $25 million at him and throw another um, player option $25 million for him. So they had to see enough to like him. So uh, let's see what else. Uh, Nick R says, do you think Carlos Correa will sign with us? Um, I'm not so sure about that. It depends on the luxury tax threshold that I just talked about. If it goes up significantly, so if it goes up from 210 to like maybe 230, yes, I can see the Astros signing him. But the problem with signing him is you may miss out on signing somebody like Kyle Tucker or Yardon Alvarez down the road. So which one would you rather have? Would you rather have Carlos Correa or Alvarez or Tucker? Because I, I don't know how many of you are fantasy baseball people, but uh, Kyle Tucker is one of the top ranked players. I mean, not the top, but he's like in a top 20 players out there. Last I looked or, or at least near the top. So uh, he's just really, really good. And uh, they do have Jeremy Pena who's doing really good. And so they want to see what he can do. Then they have the Ms. Diaz. And so what I think they'll go ahead and do is once this whole stupid CBA is settled, 
they'll go ahead and probably sign a um, veteran shortstop just to be a backup. The, if if uh, Pena is not ready, then go ahead and have Aledmiz Diaz be the starting shortstop opening day, even though he's better as a utility guy. So, um, But to kind of get back to what we were talking about, uh, another thing that um, the players are really, really fighting against is the Chris Bryant rule. Um, I think that's what they refer to and the George Springer rule, which is service time manipulation by keeping the top young players and minor uh, minors longer, the clubs can gain an extra year of control. We saw that with George Springer. We saw that with Chris Bryant. And uh, so what the players want to do is they, they want to be able to see the service time uh, start like them reach uh, arbitration after two years and the teams want to wait till after three years because the quicker they reach arbitration, that means the more they can at, argue for their money. Uh, before the pre-arbitration, the team controls how much they pay. But before that, then the um, the arbitrators or they, they have to agree on how much they do. So that's another thing that the both sides have to agree upon. So um, so we'll see what happens there. But um, uh, so I know that Mr. Krona said, I've seen people wanting Korea no matter what, even if it means losing Jordan and, and Tucker. I, I disagree. I think those two guys are um, going to be the Astros cornerstones for many years, uh, especially um, I saw somebody on fan graphs. I haven't read the article yet, but uh, somebody from fan graphs is projecting that Alvarez is going to have a monster year. So um, I think that if he stays, I think if they keep him out of the field and he doesn't have to play left field a lot, I think that he's going to hit better. But at the same time, I think he actually hits better when he plays in outfield. But it all depends on his knees. Just remember last year he was coming off the knee surgery. So um, with all that being said, um, there's a lot of stuff that go is going into discussion. Do we know everything? No. But we just know some of the the things that we think that they're talking about. So what is the primary focus going to be on tomorrow? It's going to be about the money. It's going to be about the um, probably about the luxury tax threshold. It's going to be about the free agency and the, the players and owners. They just can't see eye to eye. So they're both going to go into that meeting. They're going to have an idea of what they're willing to give up and um uh, so basically I just, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't think it's going to be tomorrow's meeting is not going to be where they say, Oh yeah, let's all agree. I think this is going to be like, okay, so what can we, uh, kind of come ag agree upon now? And then they may meet the next day. Then we'll probably have to wait another week. But the problem is, is that if you have to get this decided by February 9th, if you want spring training to start on time, and if you don't start by February 9th, then uh, you're not going to, there's no way that everybody can report to spring training on time. So then you're going to have a not delayed season, but a shortened spring training. And I know players would not mind that, but as we saw with the shortened spring training before the 2021 season, it does affect, the pitchers long-term because they're, they're not able to get stretched out. And so it's, it's just, it would suck for that situation to happen. So hopefully uh, something happens. So um, Cooper says that we should have kept Springer if um, Carlos Cray was going to be too much. Uh, 
we can't just not uh, keep on signing players in the future. And then, um, yeah. So I know what you're saying. So uh, we're not the Royals. We're not the Royals that uh, kept on producing talent and then let them sign elsewhere. We did sign Alex Bregman. We did sign um, Jose Altuve to extension, Lance McCullers. There are players that you we've extended. We have gone out and gotten the big-time names. We've gotten the, uh, the Guriels. But the problem is, is that you eventually run out of players you can sign with and, and stay competitive because look at the angels. I mean, sorry to say this. I mean, they may be good. I may be eating my words later on, but the angels have struggled to uh, stay competitive because yes, they have some of the best hitters in the game, but they don't have the pitching to go out there and compete. Now, if they ever get the pitching to go along with Shohei Atani, Watch out because that team can be one of the best, the most dominating lineups in uh, baseball. But at the same time, it's got to stay healthy. Mike Trout missed almost the whole season. Anthony Rendon missed a, a good portion of the season uh, at the end of the year. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But definitely, um, definitely, that's it. There's a lot to consider when you're trying to sign Carlos Correa. And I know what you're trying to say, Mr. Corona, but uh, there's just, I, I I think I'd rather invest the money in Alvarez and Tucker long-term than uh, Correa, especially when you have some options. But at the same time, I'd love to have Correa back because he is the heart and soul of this team. He is, um, during the whole uh, controversy, he was the guy that was there supporting the Astros, talking smack and um all that to other teams. So I would love to have that, the whole uh, Joe Kelly thing, the whole Chase, um, Corey Bellinger or whatever his name is. Uh, So I would love to have him back on this team, but same time, especially with Scott Boris as his agent, he wants many years and mucho dinero. And I just don't know if the Astros have what it takes to make a match. Prove me wrong. But um, until next time, that's all we got for this edition of the Locked on Astros podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube and make sure you give us a like. And go and listen to us on your way home from work, on your way to work, on Apple, Odyssey, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Go and listen to Locked on Astros podcast and go Strokes. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.